Welcome to Tech News of the Week with your host, Scotch on the Rocks, and I mean ice. Welcome to Tchotchke's Never Ever Wander. This is our weekly tech news show where we talk about four articles that caught our attention for the week. I'm Ned, with me is Chris, and I'm going to take the reins on the first article by talking about NVIDIA and AMD. They are taking to arms. Well, taking to arm. Chip giant and current king of the GPU hill, NVIDIA, has announced a joint partnership with rival AMD to produce ARM CPUs aimed at the laptop and desktop market. This partnership is um, kind of strange on a number of levels. Now, for starters, AMD is a direct competitor with NVIDIA in the GPU marketplace. And, you know, while not having nearly the market saturation and cachet NVIDIA possesses, AMD has been making some significant strides. Additionally, AMD has their own x86-based processors for the desktop and the laptop market, which by all accounts either rival or exceed Intel's current batch of processors. Why would AMD potentially cannibalize its own market and help out a competitor in the process? The answer appears to be Microsoft and their current big push to adopt ARM on the Windows platform. Now, currently, Qualcomm has exclusive rights to produce ARM-based devices for Microsoft, but that arrangement expires at the end of 2024. Given the ramp-up time for a new CPU, that may align quite nicely with NVIDIA and AMD's market entrance with their ARM offering. After news of this partnership was announced, Intel stock dropped by 3%. So while I'm not entirely sure who the winners are going to be in this ARM race, I think we all know who's losing their leg up on the competition. Uh, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll stop now. I didn't name it ARM, Chris. It's not my fault. Unusual job openings alert. Old tech in museums is breaking down and not the tech you're thinking of. Mm. So in the middle of this year, the Museum of Modern Art held a special exhibit of digital art called Signals. This showcased modern, and by modern, I mean approximately the past 60 years, responses to technology and the world, I guess. MoMA's far, I didn't go. Fair. What's interesting about these pieces is that as artifacts of their time, they included technology of their time. Things like CRT monitors, laser disc players, and projectors. And here's the problem. All those things that I just said are old. Mm. And they are getting to the point where it is harder and harder to keep them working. Mm -hmm. Signal's exhibit was able to be kept going largely due to the efforts of one man, Chai Ten Lui, ooh, Chai Ten Lee, sorry, who has worked as a TV and radio repairman since 1961. He worked on this exhibit, but also regularly contracts out to all other manner of museums that hold these older digital artworks. He is also, unsurprisingly, considering his career started in 1961, on the verge of retiring himself. Mm. 
So it stands to reason that museums would like these digital artworks to, you know, work. <laughs> so the question is, do you have what it takes to replace Chi Tien? If so, fax your nearest museum a mimeograph of your resume today. This really sounds like my retirement plan. Like, just forget all this new bullshit. I'm going to go fix fax machines and dial up modems for and Atari systems or something for a museum for the last 10 years of my life or something. You just want to go back to huffing neon. It's delicious and nutritious. Patching across the universe. Spacecrafts Voyager 1 and 2 were both launched in 1977, as was I. And just like me, they have been hurtling through the void for the last 46 years. While our, our original programming was okay, we have both needed constant adjustments and patches to stay in prime operating condition. Now, unlike me, Voyager 1 and 2 did not stay tied to this uh, celestial paradise we call Earth and instead flung themselves out of the solar system entirely, with Voyager 1 reaching 15 billion miles from the sun and its compatriot at a slightly less 12.5 billion miles. At those distances, light takes 22.5 and 18.7 hours respectively to reach the probes from our tiny blue dot transmitting data at a staggering 160 bits per second. Both probes, like yours truly, are starting to show their age with degraded systems and garbled data. NASA has deployed a patch to Voyager 2 to help with a bug in the AACS component that controls the craft's orientation. They are now waiting with bated breath to see if the patch fixes the issues or overwrites essential code causing a failure and loss of communication. Now, it's one thing to brick a server that's an hour drive away in a data center, and quite another to inadvertently disable a probe that's 12.5 billion miles away. For that reason, NASA has chosen to forego the patch on Voyager 1 since they consider the data it's sending back more valuable. I too have stopped receiving bug patches, and I suspect my orientation system is on the fritz, based on my experience this summer with a tilt-a-whirl. Don't ask. Is my data as precious as Voyager 1? That's for history to decide. Happy birthday to Voyager 1 and 2, and I guess to me as well. Eh. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Elon's plan of charging a dollar per year for Twitter to defeat bots is guaranteed to fail. Just like every other idea. <laughs> so, our good buddy Elon has a pretend plan to solve the problem he pretends he wants to fix on his pretend serious communication platform Twitter. He's going to charge people a nominal fee of $1 per year to post. This, he claims, will tie accounts to people via their credit card information and make it harder to be a bot on Twitter. This is idiotic for a number of reasons. First, people are neither tied to a real name on Twitter nor restricted from having more than one Twitter account. Second, as the link shared in the show notes will clearly show, Plenty of bots already exist that are blue checks, which, as you might remember, cost $8 a month. Mm -hmm. 
Finally, the reality is people like Elon need bots on Twitter because without bots on Twitter, people like Elon wouldn't have followers. Now, you might be thinking that even if this dollar a year thing doesn't eliminate the problem, it'll it'll help, right? <laughs> I mean, the answer to that actually is probably. But the problem is not going to be truly fixed without, say, oh, I don't know, data analytics, business intelligence, and heuristics being built into the platform to mute and or suspend bot accounts. Steps that Elon has categorically resisted based on his farcical definition and understanding of the concept of free speech. Mm -hmm. Stopping bot behavior would go a long way towards quieting the disinformation campaigns coming from the lunatic fringe. And we all know that Elon cannot stomach that idea. What would he retweet if he couldn't retweet absolute garbage? It's a wonderful question. I would love the answer to. I mean, the answer is terrible jokes that aren't funny. Fair. All right. That's it. We're all done. Go away. Bye. Bye.